This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to B2B Growth. I'm your host, Benji Bach. Today, I'm joined by Mario Paganini, and a uh, new friend, excited to get to chat with Mario. Mario, welcome into B2B Growth. Yeah, excited to, to be here. Thanks for inviting me and really looking forward to chatting. If this is uh, anywhere near as fun as our first intro call, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I- I'm thrilled to, to get to talk about several things within marketing with you. But you're the head of marketing at Stored. You're doing a lot of exciting things, and we're going to dive into some of that today. But really, what resonated with me as we talked uh, previously, man, was that there's and a lot of people are going to feel this right in marketing, but we all want to have the product that's not just nice to have, but it's need to have, right? Like we all want to have that product where we're not just perceived to have long-term benefits, but like we want people to know why we matter now. And I guess where I would start this conversation with you, Mario is why do you feel like even though we all want that, it's so complicated to actually be clear about the problem we solve? Why do you think that is? Yeah, so, you know, I I think back and a a, a previous boss used to say this all the time. They they used to say, you know, when you're starting a company, when you're you're building a a product, you want to be a painkiller, not a vitamin. And, you know, for, for years that, really resonated with with me and made a lot of sense. But more recently, I kind of had this this epiphany and don't mean to throw shade at this person who I I won't (laughs) name now. But um, I I realized that, you know, that's not really true. That's not the North Star that that you should be looking for when you're building a product, when you're founding a, a company that I would take it one level further and say that when I look out into the market, there's really three types of companies and I kind of group everyone into one of these buckets. There's there's vitamins, there's, you know, painkillers, and then there's, you know, true cures. And so when you dissect that, you know, certainly very intrinsically obvious, you know, no one wants to be a, a vitamin. You know, you think about that and you know, you're a you're a healthy person, you're you're an athlete, you're in good shape, you know, you take a multivitamin and Maybe you're getting like half a percent better. Maybe it's doing nothing. You know, you got some sort of, of illness that vitamin is is, is not going to cure it. Then, you know, you think about a, a painkiller and that provides a good bit of value. You know, let's say that I've, I've broken my, my arm and, you know, I'm in just excruciating pain. You know, I need to think straight. I need to figure out how to get to the doctor. I need to, you know, I'm, I'm in shock and, you know, I, I take some sort of painkiller and that's going to numb the pain. That's going to help me to, to think straight. It's going to, you know, in the very short term, help me out quite a bit. But at the end of the day, I'm going to look down and see and my arm's still broken. And ultimately what I truly need is a cure. And, you know, that cure for, for broken arm is, you know, I've got to go find a good doctor that uh, that person's got to, you know, set my arm, do whatever surgery may be necessary, put it in a cast and, you know, set me on a road to recovery so that I'm ultimately, you know, as good as I was before, if not better. And so 
ultimately kind of every single company in my mind fits into one of those buckets. And I think to, to get to the root of, of your question, it, it really comes down to really peeling back the onion and understanding what is the fundamental market inefficiency? What is that deepest level challenge that is impeding your ICP, your customer base from being successful? And so I'll give you a, a example in, in stored world. So what we do is we take all of the physical logistics services you need for an end-to-end supply chain. So like yep. transportation, how you move your products throughout your supply chain, warehousing, where you store them, fulfillment, how you get that into the hands of your end customers or your, your trading partners. And then we couple that with all of the technology you need to integrate and manage that whole experience. And so the genesis of, of why Stored started this way and our strategy is we looked down into the market and we saw that this market was so unbelievably fragmented and there were individual players kind of solving all of these painkiller challenges, you know, mm-hmm. I need a little bit more extra warehouse space. So, you know, someone provides you that painkiller, more warehouse space, or, you know, I need to connect this software to that software. I need to integrate this trading partner with my ERP. Someone will go out and do that. But ultimately what that means is that for you to have a end-to-end supply chain that really succeeds in, you know, modern omni-channel commerce, you've got to go out and try to piece together four or five, six, seven of these different solutions And, you know, you're out there trying to keep up with the Amazons of the world who have been able to build out this whole experience on on their own. And so when we look at this market for for stored, we really said, hey, you know, the problem isn't that people need more warehouse space or the problem isn't that, you know, they need to integrate all these tools. The ultimate problem is that people need a supply chain that connects their customers. They need the technology necessary to manage and optimize that. And they need a solution that's going to scale with them, a period of high growth, their supply chain capacity needs to expand. You know, slower season, you need to be able to retract. And so for us, we realized, you know, the only way we could really solve the problem of dated inefficient supply chains and really move them into the omni-channel future is to connect all of these pieces. And then once you're able to piece all these different tools together, then we really could go to market and deliver this, you know, cliche, but, you know, Amazon Prime level supply chain to to anyone who wants it. Well, I love that. But I have some initial pushback because here's what I think when you use that image. So when I hear like painkiller, I'm thinking, think about how hard it is to talk to somebody who's on painkillers, right? (laughs) Because they are in a state of mind where like, you're not going to have a coherent conversation with them. And I think that happens in marketing all the time. That happens in business all the time. We know that we have a cure for a problem that they have, right? But they have been solving it with painkillers for so long that there's a communication breakdown. So I wonder from your experience, like how do you try to overcome that objective and maybe beyond even just stored, what would you say to those that are in that place where they're going, okay, we know we have a cure, but we need to be clear, right, in our communication to show what you're doing right now to just kind of kill the pain isn't going to work long term, isn't the best solution. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you three, three pieces of, of advice here. So, you know, number one, the best marketing and really I would even argue any marketing that is efficacious needs to be both easy to understand 
and impossible to ignore. So, you know, obviously, you know, if I'm, if, you know, your, your customers kind of hopped up on painkillers, their attention span might be extra low, but even, you know, the clear minded sober of us have such a, you know, short attention span and, you know, uh, us as marketers, we often make the mistake of thinking that people want to come in and, you know, give a crap about our products and invest time to read up and look through all of our stuff. And, you know, that's that's simply not the, the reality. And so, you know, great marketing is in a very, very brief period of time, someone can understand exactly what you do. And at the same time, you've given them some sort of reason, whether that be how you speak, how you visually present yourself, how you package yourself, all of the above, that makes you kind of impossible to ignore. So I think that's, you know, tip number one. Tip number two is, you know, and I, I, I stole this from uh, from the good folks over at, at, at Gong. They're, they're kind of the, the goats as a kind of sales <laughs> and, and marketing advice. But, you know, one of one of their content folks once said, you know, if you're capable of describing a customer's problem more eloquently and more clearly than they are, you're always going to sound like the solution. So I think that's ultimately tip number number two here. Yep. And then last and and not least, you know, this isn't the sexiest solution, but sometimes you have to realize that you are never going to be able to sell this whole vision out of the gate. And so, you know, I'll use the stored example. We have this end-to-end solution that encompasses all of the physical logistics you need, all of the software you need for this best-in-class competitive advantage driving supply chain. But if we said, you know, all right, we're only going to acquire customers if they say, all right, stored, I'm just going to stop everything I'm doing. I'm going to give it all to you. You know, <laughs> you know we, we, I don't think we'd be anywhere near as, as well off as we, we are right now. And so yeah. part of the battle is realizing that, you know, sometimes you have to figure out, all right, here's my best wedge and that you don't need to hit the home run off your first swing. And so for a stored example, it's like, you know what, all right, if we can get into account an account merely by at least in the short term kind of masking ourselves as a painkiller of, oh, you need some additional warehouse capacity in the Chicago area. Great, we've got you. And, you know, we will solve that specific problem as well, if not better than anyone else. And then once we've got you there, we have all of these mechanisms that we can kind of guide you down that path and change your thinking to oh, wow, you know what? Like, it's great that I got that additional warehouse capacity, but, you know, ultimately I've had much bigger problems with my supply chain. You know, do I always want to be just, you know, one step away from needing additional capacity? Do I always want to be relying on, you know, point-to-point solutions, you know, logging into multiple different platforms? And, you know, from there, once we've proven value at a smaller scale, we can expand out. So, you know, I think a lot of people believe that, you know, they've got to come and hit that home run swing out of the gates, especially, you know, us as marketers who tend to, you know, fantasize about what life really is, you know, on the ground for for sales folks. You got to realize that, you know, what's your wedge? How can you get into an account? And then, you know, ultimately, when the deal's signed, that's not when you celebrate. That's, you know, day one. And the real battle starts after that. Yeah, yeah. Really addressing where someone is currently at, even when you know the cure goes beyond their current need, it's a huge deal. It's it's a big part of this process. And one of the ways that I found so intriguing, really, in our first conversation, 
you guys decided to redo your website. Okay. Now that at face value, I'm like, okay. I mean, what, what tech company doesn't want a better website, but walk me through the thinking and what led to this decision. And then we're going to get pretty specific over the next few minutes because there was some strategy that I think for our listeners, they're going to be able to take away and apply to whatever B2B business they're in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I joined uh, Stored in the middle of the year. And, you know, whenever a company gets a new marketing leader, the first thing that he or she has to do is, you know, redo the website. And so, you know, that's <laughs> a story short. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Actually, I've always kind of laughed at that cliche. It's kind of like, you know, a sports team gets a new coach and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, even if things were working before, they've got to, you know, change up the team, trade some players. And, you know, I don't really think our job as marketing leaders is to kind of like, pee on the sidewalk to like mark our, our space like a dog that, you know, ultimately for us, it really came down to, you know, we, we looked at what we were trying to accomplish. We, we looked at how efficacious we had been at really succeeding on delivering this, this vision in the market. And we realized that when you are trying to solve this challenge that we you know, spent the last five, 10 minutes discussing of uh, really genuinely, not just selling someone an awesome solution, but helping someone to put the pieces together and understand that the entire way they've been looking at solving logistics problems to date has been, you know, very dated and, and antiquated. The only way that you're going to succeed at doing that is really having best in class marketing. And it comes down to that, you know, first thing I said, easy to understand impossible to ignore. So we're, we're looking at this challenge where our go-to-market, our platform is a complete deviation from how all traditional, you know, third-party logistics players have operated. And we looked at ourselves and said, you know, if we look like and smell like another third-party logistics operator, we're just absolutely kidding ourselves if we think that we're going to have this, you know, drastically outsized success and change dynamics of the market. We realized that, you know, too often we had, you know, prospects coming in, customers who were looking at us as, you know, just a, you know, another alternative, another substitute to one of these other three PL players. And, you know, realized that unless we are capable of changing that dynamic, we are not going to be able to continue achieving the outsized growth and results that we have. So we said, you know, all right, we've got to kind of start from the ground up and figure out how we can get to that point that, you know, anyone who interacts with stored says, Oh my God, you know, they're a logistics company. I can't believe they made that, you know, this makes a lot of sense. I get it. You know, they're different from all these other players. So I won't, you know, name by name. Hey everyone, Emily Brady with Sweetfish here. If you've been listening to B2B growth for a while, you know, we are big proponents of putting out original organic content on LinkedIn. But one thing that has always been a struggle for a team like ours is easily tracking the reach of that LinkedIn content. That is why we are really excited about Shield Analytics. Since our team started using Shield, we've been able to easily track the reach and performance of our LinkedIn content without having to manually log it ourselves. It automatically creates reports and generates dashboards that are incredibly useful to determining things like what content has been performing the best, what days of the week we're getting the most engagement, and our average views per post. Shield has been a game changer for our entire team's productivity and performance on LinkedIn. I highly suggest checking out this tool if you are publishing content on LinkedIn for yourself or your company. You can get a 10-day free trial at shieldapp.ai. 
or you can get a 25% discount with our promo code B2B Growth. Again, that's shieldapp.ai and the promo code is B, the number two, B Growth, all one word for a 25% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah. So here's what's fascinating to me because I think the logic is there in a lot of other marketing teams or a lot of other tech teams where they're like, okay, we have a solution that solves a specific thing or we have the cure. We want to be clear, but whether they're in their own weeds, right? And they're just kind of like the language they use on their site, the the way that it's laid out, it's it's at this point, it still looks kind of slick, but it's still outdated, right? Especially if you live in B2B SaaS world, like you know who's pulling from who to make their website look like somebody else. So you guys took a completely different approach. And the the thing that I thought was interesting is you basically made a sim city. And like that 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 in and of itself is pretty odd. So explain how that that idea was even developed. So uh, you're, you're, you're saying that the strategy of copying the Stripe.com circa 2016 <laughs> isn't, the, isn't the way to success? Um, don't get me do wrong. Do what you want to do. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, their current site's amazing. The previous iteration, you know, huge, huge fan, but I just, I get a laugh out of it every time I, you know, go check out a SaaS company's website. And, you know, I swear that after they launched that kind of like, you know, slanted visual and like medium fidelity devices, like that was popping up everywhere over the, the everywhere. But anyways, uh, you know, credit where credit's due, but uh, certainly I don't, you know, ultimately if uh, you aspire to stand out from all of your peers, copying your peers strategy is, you know, the absolute pretty much worst way to go about doing that. So for us, what, we ultimately are trying to achieve is we are pioneering a new category of supply chain services. So we call our solution cloud supply chain. And, you know, the the simplest way to think about that is you go back 20 years and enterprise IT consisted of you having on-premise server farms where your team was going out and buying huge buildings and stuffing them full of computers and servers and memory so that you could support whatever cloud software, whatever platform you were running. And it was this constant cat and mouse game where you needed to keep up your physical infrastructure in order to keep pace with your, your customer growth. And, you know, you go back 20 years and that was just seen as, you know, the total normal. If someone wasn't doing that, you would look at them like they were they were crazy. You know, you fast forward to to today, the last five, 10 years, and you see that, you know, pretty much everyone is using a service like Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Azure. And these companies, they're just plugging into to AWS. They're getting the cloud computing power they need today. They grow 5x year over year and, you know, their capacity just magically scales with them. And, you know, I don't think you'll find a CTO out there that's like, oh, my God, like, I wonder if Amazon has enough servers. Like, are we going to be OK? It's just, you know, it's a it's it's basically become a, a utility. And that's allowed these technical teams to focus on, you know, what really matters, best in class software, best in class user experience, best in class reliability. And they're not you know, worrying about this constant cat and mouse game. So cloud supply chain is the same concept for physical supply chain. You plug into stored, you get everything you need today. And as you continue to grow, we're with a you know, network over a thousand warehouses and 20,000 carriers, we're able to just constantly give you more and more capacity, identify 
the very best places and light that up for you. So the reason I say this is, you know, it helps to actually explain this kind of SimCity concept. So we thought about this idea of, of cloud supply chain and how stored is almost like this magical abstraction layer that is sitting on top of the entire supply chain and both managing those physical interactions, but also optimizing all of it. So it's not just the physical interactions within a warehouse or, you know, shipping. It's that, but it's also that kind of magical abstraction layer that's making sure that you're not just storing your product somewhere and shipping it, that you're storing it in the absolute best place and you're shipping it with the absolute best carrier and the best service level. And so, you know, we thought about how to how to do this. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we, we set out with the goal of really doing something that, you know, no one's ever seen before. And so what we realized is that this idea of talking about port to porch logistics, there's no better way to describe it than to actually show people what it looks like. We all know about supply chain. We all think about supply chain. We all read about supply chain. But to the vast majority of us, that's kind of hidden in the background. You might see the UPS or, or FedEx delivery truck showing up at your, your house, but everything prior to that last mile interaction is just, you know, basically magic to you. And so what we ended up doing for the site, and we partnered with the ultimate goats, just total ballers as it relates to design and web development, these guys, Studio Freight out of out of Columbus. And, um, you know, they what they pulled off is spectacular. But essentially what what we did with them was we built out this, you know, as you said, whole supply chain city, or you can call it Sim City, where we built a live, living, breathing 3D world showing everything from product coming in on a uh, like large freight ship, a container ship getting offloaded at the port, passed through to warehousing networks, moved into retail stores, delivered ultimately to end customers on their porches. And so, you know, it's you can say port to porch logistics, but, you know, who wants to read a paragraph about that? What if we could have, you know, four words on on the on the hero and actually show you what this what this looks like? And so, you know, for us, the two things we we're really trying to accomplish here is let's show people what this port to porch logistics looks like in action and how can we metaphorically reinforce this theme that story isn't just doing this for you, that they are sitting on top of it and optimizing that whole experience. And so kind of smack dab in the middle of the world, we, we built this giant control tower that's peering down on the entire experience and controlling it. And you can see on the site as product goes from, you know, getting unloaded from containers at the port all the way to, you know, customers' porches, you see these little green lights light up showing that whole process. And so, you know, ultimately for, for us, it was, I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd much rather, you know, see something interactive than stop and, you know, read a, a paragraph of text on a site. 100%. See, that's, and that's the future of not, not just websites, but like, if you think about media in general right now, social media has moved all to video right? Like everything is a moving picture. There's not a lot of text left on the sites that are doing significantly well. And if you're going to 
expect someone to come to your website and they're going to take the time to search you out. You want to make it as simple for them to understand as possible. And that's my main takeaway, honestly, from looking at the stored site, from talking to you, Mario. There's this approach that I think is applicable across marketing. Anyone thinking about doing a rebrand on the website where you can say, how do we, obviously we're not maybe in the same market that stored's in, right? But like, how do we really begin to show someone what start to finish looks like in a way that's not just words on the screen that make my eyes glaze over. I don't know what that process looks like for each person listening individually, but to visualize how we could show the cure that we have in a step one, step two, step three, your site made that really clear. And when there was text, even though I'm not in the business you're in, I understood what you guys were doing because I could see it. And then there's obviously just enough description to where I want to keep looking because it's visually appealing, but then I'm reading because there's, there's enough there to, to kind of explain a little bit more in detail. Uh, what was your biggest I don't want to say surprise, but like, what was the most fun part of this project that as you were working on it and, and as you saw it come together? Yeah. So I think there, there are kind of two, two pieces of the puzzle that I thought were, were most fun The you know, corny, simple one, I'll, I'll get out of the way, you know, just the, the first day. And so this whole experience on stored.com, it's, it's actually not a video or a GIF or, or an image that the, the whole world's actually rendered live in the browser and so all of the animations all the movement all the all the elements are, are living breathing live in the browser using 3js you know shout out to the awesome amazing franco down in buenos aires <laughs> as far as i'm concerned on, on web development so just the first day that we saw that actually live in the browser and at this point you know none of the site had been built around it but just that first proof of concept, because when we, we started out, you know, we, we had this vision, but, you know, we, we did go through and find like, you know, a few other examples of people that had, you know, kind of done somewhat similar things, but there wasn't a, you know, roadmap. There wasn't a, oh, okay, cool. Like we can just go look at this site and use that template, or, you know, we can go talk to this person who's done this, you know, it really was a, you know, first of its kind. And so, for a while, you know, obviously we were confident that we were going to be able to pull it off, but you know, it's an unknown unknown. You want to go copy Stripe site and you're like, okay, cool. You know, we just got to work on it. And eventually we'll, we'll have a copy of Stripe site. You want to go do something that no one's ever done before. It's like, you know, you can say, all right, I think we're going to be able to do it, but nothing's for sure. And so the first day that we, we had that uh, city up in the browser, that was, you know, just a spectacular moment. And then I think the the other one was this whole process. It didn't start from saying, all right, let's go redesign the website. And then some Patrick from the Studio Freight team just came back. It's like, all right, Mario, like here's a Figma file. Here's what it's going to look like. You know, that's that's not at all how it went. We yeah. spent you know, the first probably, you know, two months of this process going through, doing customer interviews, inter- uh, industry interviews, you know, running through our whole leadership team kind of going through a bunch of thought exercises, visual explorations. And so, you know, all of this groundwork was set in terms of here's exactly what we want to communicate, who we want to communicate it to. And, you know, that's really all of that was out of the way before we even started really kind of any sort of uh, visual exploration. And then, you know, once we got all of this framework and strategy 
piece settled, you know, the team really went to work on just brainstorming and bringing back a bunch of different mood boards, a bunch of different styles, you know, you would be, you, you wouldn't believe it if, you know, I showed you the, you know, behind the scenes figma of like, this is the first set of things we looked at because there were probably, you know, a hundred different things in there. And, you know, 99 and a half of them were, you know, nothing like what you see on the site today. And so the first time that after maybe a few weeks of just going back and forth on all of these, like, you know, it's always one of the more challenging things as a marketer, like, you know, giving good feedback on highly subjective, creative elements. But really that first time when, you know, the team came back and, you know, showed us something that were like, oh, wow, you know, that's it. Like, that's the string we've got to, we've got to pull on. And it was something as simple as a early rendering of, of what our, you know, new logo is. And just this one specific illustration that we all looked at and we're like, you know, that's it. And then from there, you know, that's like the string we tugged on and, you know, the team took off and, you know, everything after that was fun stuff and in, in getting to, to the site as it exists today. But, you know, that first moment where it all clicked was, was pretty magical. And, you know, launching it a couple of weeks ago is obviously, you know, super fun, but everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Launching is always kind of hold your breath for a second. You go, oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Here's where I want to start to wrap up the conversation with you. I want to talk about how someone, you know, cause it might not be a website redesign, right? But there's a lot of takeaways, probably a lot of lessons you learned and a lot of lessons our listeners can take away from what you guys have walked through when it comes to, okay, we know our cure, right? And we want to make it as simple as possible for people. What would you say that you've learned through this process and what would you recommend to, to those that are listening? Yeah. So, um, I actually, one of my fun kind of little side gigs is actually teach a marketing course for, for warehouse owners. And, you know, the very, very first thing that I, I say whenever I give this, this presentation is, you know, no one gives a crap about your company or, or your product. And, you know, it's like that jarring thing, but, you know, in, in my opinion, that's the, you know, first step that you've got to overcome and realize that no one is ever going to care as much. No one is ever going to give you the time of day that you expect. And, you know, no one is going to be as invested as, as you are. And so you can't be building or designing or, or writing for, for yourself that the first barrier you have to overcome is how am I going to make someone just give me a little bit of their time? So, you know, what's my hook? How am I going to capture them? And I don't, you know, necessarily recommend just doing like a total gimmick. Like, you know, you could go put some like, you know, like obscene image out there and people, it might capture people's attention. But that's not what you want. But, you know, ultimately it's, you know, number one, if you're trying to, you know, start out and build, build a business, build a brand, you've got to ask yourself, okay, you know, what is my secret sauce? You know, what am I doing? And, you know, it could be a number of things. It could be design. It could be your website. It could be, you know, a video you make. It could be your ad creative. It could be, you know, using great language. It could be, any number of things, but you've got to ask yourself, all right, if I am not standing out, if I am not, you know, the most engaging thing that my audience has seen within their LinkedIn feed today, like we're not even going to get to the point where someone's actually analyzing your solution, reading up and understanding what you're doing. And so first you've got to figure out, 
you know, what that is for you. And, you know, this sounds very harsh, but on an academic scale, you know, you could have like A level marketing and B level and C level and D level and, you know, F level. But in, in reality, it really is a case of there's really in my mind, there's only A level and F level. Because, you know, you're that A-level content that's, you know, the top 5%, top 1% and stand out and you win. You're in the, you know, top 15%. That's just not going to cut in from a purely academic scale. You can say, oh, wow, you know, I got a B. But in practice, you know, that's no different than if you got in a D. And so you got to figure out what that piece is. And then once you've figured that out, you know, in that moment of time, in that, you know, 30 seconds that you've grabbed someone's attention, if they are not walking away from that experience with an understanding of, you know, why they should care, why they should give you more time, then you failed. And so it's only when you're able to put these two pieces together that, you know, there are people out there, there are websites out there that I think are beautiful. There are marketing videos that I think are incredible from an engaging perspective. But, you know, if someone gives you the time of day and they engage with your stuff and they walk away and they're like, that was really cool. But like, I don't know what the heck those folks do you know, you've lost Huge problem. So when you can put those two things together and you get that easy to understand, impossible to ignore. And so a very practical example, you land on the stored site and you're just hit with this massive, you know, we just put stored in huge letters overlooking the whole 3D city. And then the very first scroll, we give you literally, you know, one sentence of text. Here's exactly what we do. And so it's like, we hook you, and then you can't get any further without having that understanding. And so my goal was, you know, everyone who shows up should be wowed and no one should walk away saying, you know, what the heck do, do these guys do? And I think that, you know, as again, it's not, uh, it's probably not a Sim City world for, for every single person, but it's what am I going to do that makes me stand out from, you know, the 99% of, of other content out there. And then once I've, you know, captivated interest, how do I make sure that that person that I've captivated walks away with a real understanding of what I do and what problem I solve. Yeah, that's so good. I wrote down as we were talking just to lay out whether it's your site or as you're thinking through your content, but how you would take someone through start to finish your cure and do it in a way, especially with language, like pick somebody that's outside of your space a little bit and have them look at it too. Like, do you understand what I'm saying here? Because a lot of times we talk in verbiage or we talk so niche specific that it's it's just completely gibberish. So to just be careful about our language that we're and that we know what our cure is, right? But we're also communicating our cure correctly to the people that are going to visit our site or, or view our content. And remember, ultimately, like we're helping them solve a problem that they have. So if they don't understand the cure, like that's the end. So I, I love this conversation, Mario. There's so much more we could dive into, but I, I'm taking a lot away from this. We're going to push people in the show notes. You can click on the link and check out Stored's website, uh, check out the remodel. Mario, if people want to connect with you further, where can they do that? How could they reach out? Gosh. And so this is going to be my kind of uh, subtracted points here, but uh, I'm actually only social media you're going to find me on is, is LinkedIn. I'm just uh, Mario Paganini on, on LinkedIn, but, um, you know, love to chat marketing, love to connect with folks. So find me there, connect, uh, happy to, you know, chat more, or, you know, if you got any feedback on the site or any questions, uh, would love to chat. And we're also in the process of really building out the, the marketing team over 
at Stored, where we're you know looking to to hire you know ten to fifteen people on the on the team in this upcoming year. So regardless, product marketing, demand generation, content, brand design, we've got open roles across the board. So if you're interested there, stored.com slash careers. And that page is pretty damn cool too. Cool. Thank you, Mario. Appreciate your time, man. It was so fun to get to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to uh, listening to the recording and hopefully uh, getting some feedback from the listeners. Absolutely. For our listeners, you can also connect with me. Go on LinkedIn, search Benji Block, always talking about marketing, business, life. And uh, thanks for, for tuning in to B2B Growth today. We'll be back soon with another episode. Keep doing work that matters. For the longest time, I was asking people to leave a review of B2B Growth in Apple Podcasts. But I realized that was kind of stupid because leaving a review is way harder than just leaving a simple rating. So I'm changing my tune a bit. Instead of asking you to leave a review, I'm just going to ask you to go to B2B Growth and Apple Podcasts, scroll down until you see the ratings and reviews section, and just tap the number of stars you want to give us. No review necessary. Super easy. And I promise it will help us out a ton. If you want a copy of my book, Content-Based Networking, just shoot me a text after you leave the rating and I'll send one your way. Text me at 407-490-3328. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.